Hi, I'm Patsy Dolan Barressa. I'm the executive director of the Sims Foundation in Austin, Texas, and I'm here on the Lone Star Plate podcast. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Lone Star Plate. Today we are in Austin, Texas, visiting the Sims Foundation. It's a nonprofit for musicians and artists who um, they need help with uh, substance abuse and mental health. Um, and it's a phenomenal place. So we drove down to Austin and met with um, Patsy, who runs the facility. And it's just an amazing episode. So please enjoy. Well, look, Pats, thank you so much for having us here at the Sims Foundation. Yeah. Um, you guys are about to open in April, right? Because you guys have been yep. closed down. Yeah, right? the office has been closed since March t- uh, 12th of 2020. Literally almost Liter- two years. Yeah, literally exactly. almost two years. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So what have y'all been doing in the meantime because you can't have this open? Yeah, we were fortunate. Like we've never tried to work purely remotely before, but we just made it happen. And so it, to our clients, it didn't look like anything had changed except they couldn't come in here and see us. So sure. we didn't even, that part was seamless. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. good. <laughs> the only thing about the pandemic that was seamless. <laughs> <laughs> I heard, that's the first time I've heard that, actually. Yeah, I yeah. needed to put that caveat. <laughs> right, right. Yes, uh, there's a there's always a caveat. It's it's tough to find a silver lining, but you need to, right? So, but at the yeah. same time, you don't want to point it out. But regardless, that's a different podcast. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about just what the Sims Foundation is exactly. Yeah. You know, for people. So we're the only nonprofit in the nation that provides comprehensive behavioral health care to musicians, music industry professionals, and their dependent family members. Wow. Yeah. Really? The only one in the country the only that one focuses th- on this? Mm-hmm. There are other nonprofits across the nation that may do like a piece of the, sure. the uh, amount of services that we provide, and then they only do it for musicians. So we're literally the only nonprofit that does it for everyone in the industry and Got their dependents. It. Okay. Yeah, I like the you know family members, right, too, that are attacked, because sometimes yeah. they can be the most affected. Absolutely. Right? Families on the road or whatever yeah. the case may be. Um yeah, let's uh, let's dig into that a little bit more. So people hear that, they think, well, what what does that mean, musician? Like, what, what are you talking about? Like, uh, you know, uh, Lady Gaga's coming in here. <laughs> I mean, like, what is? It's more just like your standard local musician, I would think, for the most yeah, part. Yeah, for right? the most part. I mean, we do have a um, salary limit, but even that kind of rule gets stretched a little bit depending upon the person's you know personal situation. Okay, so based on how much they make, mm-hmm. they can get access mm-hmm. to this. Okay, yeah, got it. Um, we also get asked a lot about well, what about if I have insurance because um, we do cover a lot of people who have insurance. It's a great question. Yeah, um, insurance often doesn't um, provide or cover every level of care that we have in our healthcare system. Okay, um, it also often has a lot of. Um, providers in their network that don't have the expertise for for what the person really needs. So we do have a lot of people who have insurance as well. That's great. Yeah. Um, Wow. That's really good. Um, Okay, cool. So what so what are some of the services like what are some of the typical things? Right. We hear mental health. We hear um, drug addiction. Right. I'm assuming that it also includes alcohol addiction. Yeah, absolutely. what, What does that entail? Like a musician's feeling lost and they just call the number? I mean, they check on a website. I mean, I don't know. How does this work? Yeah. So they can certainly call to ask any questions, but we have two client forms on our website that they fill out that kind of starts the enrollment process. 
Um, and then once they, you know, provide us their proof of eligibility and other items that we need that are part of the requirements, um, then they get scheduled with one of our staff clinicians. So these are um, licensed clinicians that are on staff at Sims. Got it. And we okay. do a complete assessment with that person. Really want to know what's what their history has been, what they're currently struggling sure. with. Okay. Um, and then we give them a lot of education about everything that from based on what they're telling us fits kind of what they need and why we're recommending one over the other. Um, but we are very person-centered. And by that, I mean, we can say, here's the one thing that we really think you need, but here are other things that you can do as well and which one feels more like a fit. And so we'll let them enroll in whatever it is that they're comfortable with. And that one really comes into play a lot more when you're dealing sure. with substance use. You know, a lot of people are like, well, my Band management told me I have to go into rehab or my wife's going to leave me if I don't sure. go into rehab. Oh, my God. Yeah. But when we're talking to them, you're you, it's really clear as a clinician, they don't want to go to rehab at all. Sure. And so we really have a long conversation with them. There's a lot of other things you can do for substance use that doesn't put you in a locked facility for 30 days, which is often scary. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Um, what What are some other what would be another option? Yeah, so there's a thing called a partial hospitalization program, which actually is a really scary sounding name, but <laughs> but it's not as frightening as rehab, really. Um, it basically, the way I explain it to people is it's exactly the same as rehab. You get the same medical support that you need. Okay. Um, you get counseling every day. You just don't have to sleep there and stay there. You can go home Got it. and go back five days a week. So that's more palatable to a lot sure. of people. You know, you get sure. to go home to your wife or your kids or you know, just your job. You can still gig yeah. at night if that's what you want to do. Um, so there's that level of care. And then there's a, a much lesser level of care called an intensive outpatient program. And that's usually like three days a week for a few hours a day of group counseling. Okay. But yeah. we also have harm reduction counseling. So again, being person-centered, not everybody wants to stop what they're using. So it's our goal if you don't want to stop at this time, how do we help you do it safely? Hi, I hope you're enjoying this episode about the Sims Foundation. Please feel free to check them out on social media, uh, but also check us out on social media. Uh, go to the Lone Star Plate uh, on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. Follow us there. We always are just posting extra things about the show and whatnot. If you're watching this on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button and the notification bell. And as well, let us know in the comments of this video what you think we should be doing for musicians and mental health. Right. Um, do you think this is the right approach with this uh, foundation? Because, again, it's the only one of its kind. So let us know in the comments. All right. Back to the interview with Patsy. That's interesting. So people will come here with the idea. I need help, but I'm not ready to stop yet. But I want to get on the road to it. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, wow, that's interesting. Um, I, I would probably assume it all starts that way. Yeah. For most people, right? <laughs> yeah. Like eventually, right? You want to get help, but you keep using and, yeah. uh, you know, what are some of those struggle? Like, I guess that's the the question I would, you know, not to get into too personal stuff with, with clients or yeah. whatnot, but just what are some of the struggles that, you know, how can y'all combat some of these struggles of like, you know, I'm not coming, I'm not sleeping there, right? That That seems like, I get it seems palatable to them. But it honestly, from an outside perspective, almost seems like that's not going to work, right? The temptation's still there at night, on the weekend, yeah. 
I don't know. Is that only for a certain group of people? You know, again, because we're person-centered, like we may be thinking, oh, goodness, this person would do much better in a rehab facility. But if you want to try PHP for the first time, go for it. Okay, I see. Right? And so sometimes they'll decide that they want to go to what's considered a higher level of care, right, like rehab. Other times they do really well. And so I think it's it's very... um, you know, it's just the individual and and um, what they relate to and what they're comfortable with. So I've met many, like probably thousands of people because I've been doing this for years and years and years, yeah. not just at Sims. Five years, right? Yeah, You've five been years here. at yeah, Sims. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, so in working with a lot of people, it's like this person is escaping their world by wanting to go to rehab. They're not really even necessarily interested in stopping use. I see. They just want to escape for sure. a bit and have a safe place to sleep, I which I totally understand. Yeah, yeah. But at the, at the other end of the spectrum, it's like you're so scared of going into that rehab facility that you're going to be focusing on things outside of there. Sure. Right? And so a lot of times it's great to have people go back to their natural environment and come back to group the next day so that they can process what happened. Like what was what was your trigger last night? Um, you know, if you played a gig at a at a venue and you got triggered because how could you not? Sure. There was drugs and alcohol Absolutely. everywhere. Um, ha- then come back to group the next day. Wow. So for a lot of people, it's it's a better option because they can use that real life stuff in real time instead of That's- waiting. Dude, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Honestly, it, it, you know, when you explain it that way, that absolutely makes sense. Um, wow, I'm learning. This is all <laughs> new to me. Um, Good. This idea. Well, you you would think, you know, I guess there's this idea. There's only one way mm-hmm. to fix this. We've got, yeah. you know, if you've got a problem, we've got to send you to rehab and this is it. And there's no other way. But I like hearing there's other paths. Um, absolutely. And really listening to the person that's struggling and finding the right path for them because not every path works. Exactly. Uh, exactly. That's and, a smart way to look at and it. And helping the the people around them understand that. So it, let's say an individual. That's a great point. Yeah, because everybody, you know, you watch movies and that's what you do. You go to rehab and you go to 90 meetings in 90 days and yeah. that, and then you're fixed, right? Sure, yeah. <laughs> in that hour and a half movie. Sure, yeah. Um, so that's all people know if they don't do what I do for a living or haven't experienced it. And so if somebody chooses that lower level of care, Everyone else around them most likely is going to be thinking they're just trying to blow off getting treatment. Sure. So we offer then, like with your permission, can we speak to your loved ones or speak to your band management or talk to your bandmates and talk to them about why this is actually a perfectly okay option and that this person is not totally. escaping. Yes. Yes. Wow. That's amazing. Um, have there uh, so that that's interesting to talk to bandmates. I get like managed with this and that. So there have been scenarios where bands have supported a member of the band who needs help, and they all mm-hmm. realize that we're you know we're going to lose this guy if if he yeah. doesn't get help. That's good to know, yeah. honestly. Yeah. I the mean, these folks travel there. together all the time. They and oftentimes they see each other more than they see their loved ones. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and so sure. when one person is really struggling, obviously it's going to impact the band. Um, but it does take a lot of education, again, because people don't really know what all the options are, or why one would choose something over the other. Absolutely. Again, I'm learning. This is all new to me. And I think anyone listening to this is going to think the same thing. Like, cool. oh, wow, I didn't realize. One, it was that in depth. Yeah. You know, you just think it's, well, you need help. Here's the place. Yeah. Like you said, you'll be fixed when you get out <laughs> and that, and that'll be the end of it. What are some of the stats on people going through recovery? Because I've heard that it's not really very good. Like it's like 95% of people or something don't recover, you know, don't make it out or something. I don't know. Um, you know, you the, the interesting thing about stats, especially when you're including 
like treatment facility stats is okay. for for them most often. Now, this is not across the board. So sure. anyone listening who's from a facility, this, I'm not saying everybody does this, but a lot of times their success rates are based on did anybody relapse while they were in treatment? So Got they it. left treatment clean and sober. Well, that's not exactly a right statistic, Correct. right? I see what you're saying. You know, you could walk out of rehab and then re- immediately start using Absolutely. again. So, um, so a lot of those statistics out there are a little all over the map. And I always caution people to maybe not look at those necessarily because they're frightening. Sure. Yeah, um, they are. The reality is, though, is for people who are sort of, well, we, what we know is for people who are forced into treatment, uh, meaning the examples I shared, you're going to get yeah. fired from the band if you don't go to rehab, or I used to work at my prior job with um, adult males in a prison facility, and so they were forced into treatment oh, in order to maintain their, their sentence mm-hmm. or whatever. And so yeah. they, they fail all the time because they didn't want to be there. Sure. So the individual really needs to have buy-in and want that. And I, I continue to hope, especially with justice-involved people, that our system will broaden its view of that. Like forcing somebody through something they don't want isn't going to work and you're basically wasting your money when there's so many other things that that person could do that might make them far more successful. That's a great point. No, absolutely. Um, it's just wasted resources. And resources are already limited. Absolutely. Right? So yes. to waste them, uh, yeah. And some people you know, only get a few opportunities, like really good ones. And if they get burned by one, right, if you go to one rehab and it didn't work, you'll never want to go back. I've just had friends say that to me, you know, like, I'm never going to go to, you know. Yeah. Um, Or you you have people who have sort of magical thinking that if I go for my 27th time, the 27th time is the charm. Yes, exactly. Um, Yeah. And so when we have that, um, I just ask them like, (laughs) so you've been 13 times. Why do you want to go for a 14th? You could, you could, facilitate the groups like that's how well you know it <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, you so, teach the classes so i'm like why are we gonna do the same thing sure um so yeah it's a it's a it's a oh it's just a sick cycle that Absolutely. people can get stuck in which is what addiction is mm-hmm. right at the same time so they're almost yeah. like even to the recovery is the same mentality right yeah. the addictive personality is still trying to recover yeah the recovery which yeah. is hard yeah that's interesting um wow what are some of the biggest struggles you personally have dealt with, like just running this? I don't know. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I know there's, there's <laughs> a, a lot. I know. I know um, it is. Um, I think the hardest thing has been um, becoming the executive director in December of 2019 and then going right into a pandemic. <laughs> a global pandemic. <laughs> I was like, well, this is fun. What yeah. am I supposed to do with this? You really needed yeah, uh, at it, that time. It was just, it was crazy. So I think um, obviously as a nonprofit, for anybody who maybe doesn't know, nonprofits are literally that. We don't make a profit from anything Correct. and we survive based on donations and grant writing and that sort of thing. And so, you know, a lot being connected to the music industry, a lot of our fundraising is through events. Well, there were no events. Everything was shut down. So right there, you just eradicated the bulk of our our funding. Um, And then most of the um, grant opportunities that came up after the pandemic started were for COVID-related things, right? Which makes perfect sense. Like nobody could pay rent. They, you know, couldn't buy food. So they were all created for, quote, basic needs, and they included physical health care as a basic need, but mental health care was not included in any of those. So we that we lost out on literally millions of dollars that I were floating around. I cannot believe that. It did not surprise me in the least. So these... these um, makes zero sense to me. Yeah, well, it doesn't make any sense to me, but it was not you don't, surprising. You but you get it. Yeah, yeah because totally. it's so stigmatized yeah. that 
it's not even in sort of the thought process for people. That's crazy. And they they don't realize that they're being they're stigmatizing this or it's connected sure. to that. They just don't think about it because sure. they don't want to. You think the um, pandemic will help open that up? Because I know a lot of people struggle <laughs> mentally. It had to yeah. open their minds up to these are real. I problems. think we've made a lot of leaps and bounds since I started my social work career, yeah. like however many years ago. Um, you know, you have lots of people talking about it openly, and not just the famous people who are willing to, you know, put their face and name sure. behind it, but everyday people being like, "Oh yeah, I'm on antidepressants." Like, absolutely. You know, people yeah. are being a little more open about it, sure. but it's going to take a long time to systemically put that on the table sure. every time we're looking at something serious like a pandemic. I hope we don't have another one. Right? Good God, like, I hope not. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> I hope this is the only one we have to go through. Yes, uh, please. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine. This is a segment we call Reheat, where we look back at past episodes. Make sure you catch up on them. All right. This is a little different. So instead of an actual episode, what I'm going to recommend you do is go to our YouTube um, page. Our, our channel page, and you'll find a playlist on there of all the great live performances that we've had on the show, musical performances. Uh, you know, we're talking Sims, we're talking musicians, let's give them some love. So go check out that playlist and, you know, it's just clips of all the songs. That's all it is. So quick clips of all the different songs and just amazing performances by like James McMurtry, um, Clay Walker, Texas Hill, um, Gosh, I, I can't even name them all. There's just a lot of great performances, y'all. So please go check that out. Um, and yeah, let's give some love to these musicians, y'all. All right. Back to the interview with Patsy. Hope you're enjoying it. All right. Well, welcome to the Sims Foundation office. Come on in. Yeah. I'll first take you in here to show you that poster. Um, so Sims Foundation, we were founded after the death by suicide of Sims Ellison, which is the young man standing on the rock there. Um, he took his own life in 1994 and the folks around him, um, knew he had depression, but didn't know how serious it was. And then when he died, it sort of shook their world. And that band Pariah, they were from San Antonio. Um, it had been recording and, and working here in Austin and his brother's in the band too. Um, and of course, when he died, it just sort of just shocked everybody. Wow. Um, and from that, they created the Sims Foundation in wow. hopes that no other musician would ever have to suffer that way. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow, so, what an incredible story. Yeah. Really, really. I know his brother, Kyle, and I met and his dad. Yeah, yeah, for sure. These, so his dad, Don Ellison, is the one who um, started it along with these two gentlemen. This is Wayne Nagel and Don Harvey, and they owned a rehearsal complex called the Austin Rehearsal Complex, or the ARC. And that's where Pariah was recording and okay, all of that right. stuff. And so they were like, nope, let's, let's make something good out of this tragedy. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And then this is just our office that we've been closed for two years due to the pandemic. Um, but we will hopefully the, get the, the Lysol. <laughs> yeah, we've got all of our COVID stuff there. Um, but yeah, we're fortunate enough to be in this office. It's a huge space. Um, all of our little offices on the perimeter. Um, Pre-pandemic, we would have what we called the Sims Lounge, and we would bring in a musician once a month and have like a little open house happy hour. Yeah, um, get that back on? Hopefully we yeah. will, yeah. It was really a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, hopefully one day, once we know that we're kind of going to be safe for a bit sure. instead of like, sure. you know, because we've been- Having to cancel Yeah, it's like opening and closing kind of thing. Absolutely. So. 
So the so you guys will have meetings with. Yeah. So our clients will come in, and these are the clinical staff's offices, and we'll meet in there. And sometimes they just come by to let whoever's here know that they're doing great and that they're thankful. And awesome. yeah, it's very cool when you get the Those you saved my life. Visits. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, yes. it what sustains you when you do this work because for every one of those there's a whole lot of other stuff that you're kind of carrying so it's always yeah i can't even imagine uh the weight y'all carry yeah it's hard i ain't gonna lie (laughs) like a nurse right that's up to to an extent right you're caring for these people yeah you're getting all of their emotional situations sort of at your feet so and and then you just you know not only do you of course care for them but you're concerned constantly like oh gosh i hope everything's going okay and that we do a lot of case management because of that when people have a lot of complex situations we're in communication with their the people who are providing the services to make sure that the client is still safe and getting what they need and moving in the right direction so we're really involved with people who have a lot more complex situations what do you do for your mental health? <laughs> I hate that question. <laughs> because I, I'm going to say I don't know any mental health professional who's really great at self-care. Um, it is one of the reasons why I'm looking forward to having the office back open, because that's having the other clinical staff to just powwow and talk and sure. really like well, make you. Yeah, too, right? it's yeah. just like we get to process it out. Um, but I'm a runner and I like to work out. So those two things help me. But uh, my acupuncturist gets mad at me because I don't do anything that's calm. I'm constantly moving, and I don't know, like, meditation stuff's really hard for me. So yeah, me I keep trying to work on that. It's not going very well. I'm like, let me go for a run and think about how I should meditate more. No, I get it. Well, I mean, I'm sure it's something you think about because for y'all to take care of people, y'all need to be well. Yeah. Right? Essentially. At least that's the idea, right? Yes. Ideally. Yes. And, and, you know, we're in a mental health crisis in this country. Um, there are not enough of us to go around for the immense need. Um, and so it's just been a really brutal time on anyone who does this work. Yes, absolutely. Wow. Well, is there anything else we didn't? No, I think this, I mean, is, this is it. Is it. Yeah, yeah. This is it. This is the place, the Sims. This is where the magic happens. So, so okay, so April uh, here, y'all are going to be opening up again. And what does that actually mean? Like, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, just full-blown, like, exactly how it was pre-pandemic or yeah it's gonna so um we're op- reopening the office we've all been working remotely from our own homes since march 12th of 2020 yeah um and now that in travis county we've gone to a real low covid stage we're going to reopen the office and for, for our clients it doesn't necessarily mean that much because i don't think for them that they noticed a difference um the one thing is is now we will be able to bring clients into the office again so that we've got hundreds of people that we've only ever spoken to on the phone. That's crazy. And so it's like... You get to meet them in person. Yeah, you feel really disconnected. And it's also, you know, the prior clinical team before I was hired in in May of 2017 was sort of like, we don't don't have clients come to the office. Everything was handled by the phone. But we shifted that because, you know, you're asking these people to share really personal, intimate things about what's happening in their life. And um, it makes it easier for the individual to feel comfortable to reach out to us again if something's happening if they know us sure so 100 percent. yeah so that's going to be the big thing that plus i mean all of us we've hired new staff and we've never worked in the same office with them it's so hard to team build like you don't know as as the ed i don't know who's where or what's happening because you know i don't have time in the day to constantly call people and i don't not a micromanager but it's it's you can't really build a team when you're all in separate yeah all over the place yeah Yeah. that's interesting i would have i would have thought maybe 
remote work could have been something y'all were like, you know what, maybe we don't need the physical, but we can just do this remotely. But no, you're bringing up points that, uh, you know, absolutely. Is there anything that y'all did remotely that you're going to stick with? that you liked or something, you know, that you're going to implement? Well, I mean, we do it throughout the pandemic. We had two of our staff members move out of Austin. So they will be permanently remote as long as, you know, we are, we all work together. So so you know, you're able to still keep people part of the team that may be outside of Austin that you didn't think you could do that before. Oh, I would have never thought of doing that. That's okay. So that's good. That's good. One of the first person was a staff clinician who called me um, maybe two months after we went remote. And she called me and just started crying. And I'm like, why are you crying? She's like, because I'm moving. And then I just lost it because I'm like, oh, my God, what are you talking about? And then I was like, okay, I can't talk about this right now. Hung up. And then a few minutes later, I was like, wait a minute. We're already working remotely. If she wants to stay in, him, why didn't I think of that? Well, what does it matter? Yeah. <laughs> so I called her back and I'm like, hey, unless you want to quit, why would we change things? So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, wow, it was look very at, what cool. a realization right in that moment. Wait, wait a second. We're not in the <laughs> office. Uh, this will still work. Yeah. Look, on the podcast, we all, we're from all over the world. Yeah. Okay, we got people literally all over the world that That's help so cool. you know, run this podcast. And all because of remote work and all that sort of thing. Of, yeah. Yeah, it, it's technology is is a double-edged sword. Yeah, I've said uh, this all along. I don't, I don't know what us as humanity would have done if we weren't in a time where you had email and Zoom and all of that stuff where you could stay connected while you were isolated. It would have been a far greater mental health crisis I agree. if we didn't have those things. 100%. I, yeah. I totally agree. I think people would have been like leaving leaving their houses more. I really believe that. Yeah. I, really I mean, because we're not meant to isolate like that. No, like we're, no. Even if you're somebody who's very introverted, even sure. those people are not Yes, like, I can be that it. way. I like to be, you know, I like my space, but yes, it's too much. It's yeah. just too much. It was too long. Yeah. Right? It's too, yeah. <laughs> yes. At first it was two weeks. It was like two weeks yeah. vacation. I could totally this do that. Great. <laughs> it was like, I remember thinking back then too, they're, they're saying it's going to last a couple of years. No way. No way. There's no way. Here we are. Yeah, here right? we are. Here we are too. So it's just crazy. It yeah. And crazy. South by is going on. Right now, we were talking about that just a little bit. Do y'all work with South By in any way? Yeah, I mean, we didn't this year because, like, it was really unclear at the start when they announced it. Sure. What was it going to be like? Yeah. But historically, what we've done is we've been in like the artist lounge in the in the um, convention center, yeah, yeah, just to uh, provide information, resources if anybody needs Seems to like find a, a great meeting place for y'all to be. Right? Yeah, yeah is for South sure. By? And then we've, um, you know, we have a lot of events that we're part of and bebop around at, um, and we're starting to do that this this week, which has been cool. That's awesome. Well, listen, who who is the best who are the best people to help y'all promote this? Is it other musicians? It's musicians, it's podcasters who have an audience that we may not otherwise reach. It's anyone who cares about music and wants to be sure that the people who provide you with that great selling point <laughs> yeah, right there. It's like, yes. And I get asked that like why should That's I care about yeah. like musicians who are people in that industry and I'm like, well, does music not do something <laughs> do you for love you? Music? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, even if you're not a live music person, but you know, we celebrate with it, we mourn with it, we 100%. repeat the same song over and over when our hearts are broken. And um, I'm like, why would you not want to ensure that those individuals who make up that industry are are able to continue? Because it's a it's a brutal industry to be part of. It's not like they provide benefits, right? It's not like being a musician is like, well, I get benefits, yeah. but. That's not, that's a different kind of job, right? It's a different kind of industry. No, it's great that this is out there. This can help. 
Okay, so people can go to, excuse me, your website mm-hmm. and donate, help that way, share it that way? Yep, you sure can. simsfoundation.org slash donate. Um, and to just read more about what we do, all of our services are out there. We are working on a national expansion, so we do hope to one day have Sims in every music city across the nation. Um, that so, would be awesome. Yeah, which is going to take a lot of money. <laughs> yes, money. We need your money. Yeah, people. we need your money. Um what um okay last question what uh, can people outside of austin get involved absolutely so like right musicians. now we've got people who are uh well get involved as a client no yeah like a client that's what but, i mean but but what um what what we do do and we do a lot of we get calls usually about i would say maybe between 3 and 5 people a month will call us from elsewhere sure. um looking for help and yeah, what we'll yeah. do is connect them to one of our staff clinicians and that person will just talk to them about you know, what's going on? Do they have insurance? Can they afford to use their insurance? Um, if they don't have any money or no insurance, then we gather that information and it takes us like five minutes to Google what how they can access care versus when you're unstable in that moment, you can't find services. You, know, you don't even know what to type in. It seems in. like there is no help, right? Yeah. yeah so yeah. we help people all the time. We get them resources. We That's continue awesome. to talk to them if they need to, just to make sure that they're getting connected to wherever they need to go. So we do that a lot. That's great. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, thank you so much for sharing all of this. Yeah, thanks. Hope you enjoyed today's episode about the Sims Foundation. Please, we'll put a link in the description if you want to support them and check them out. Um, They're doing great things, and we're glad that they're doing what they're doing. So please support them. We do 100%. Um, On next week's episode, don't forget. Well, don't forget. You don't know. I'm going to tell you. So on next week's episode, we are interviewing Kelsey Caesar. He's an actor that's in a awesome film that's going to be coming out soon it premiered at south by southwest so we spoke to him about he's one of the lead characters in the film um and it's a horror film it's called bitch ass so that's right bitch ass um it's a great film the name itself says it all uh pardon me if if that offends you uh it's just literally the name of the film so it's an awesome interview you're gonna love it a lot of laughing, a lot of just great stories. Uh, and look up the film so you can know a little bit about it before we go into the interview. So hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you guys next week. Have a great week. The Lone Star Play podcast is produced by Texas Real Food. Go to texasrealfood.com and you can search your city for stores, butchers, restaurants, farmers markets, and more who are using fresh, artisanal, organic sources. It's a fun site that brings all natural options all together. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, visit our website, LoneStarPlate.show. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Until next time.